Welcome to Stacey on the Right here on Family Vision Media. This is our podcast and I'm so excited to have you with us. I am talking to an old friend of mine and by old I mean from the early days of the movement with BlogCon and um, Americans for Prosperity and all of the cool conferences we just went to. And now, post-pandemic, I'm catching back up with Brandon Morse, Deputy Managing Editor at Red State. He's also the host of Red State Live. You know, they have a lot of great people over there, Kira Davis and so many others we love to uh, hear from. Brandon, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thanks for having me. And, and, and thank you for the whole, you know, not saying I'm old comment. But uh, <laughs> just the other day, I found out that I'm just a little <laughs> bit older than Brian Stelter. So, what? How yeah. can you be older than Brian Stelter? He was born in 1985. I was born in 1984. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that took me a minute. I had, I had to take a minute. I'll, <laughs> so I'll just, I'm going to file this away, Brandon, for something I'll think about tonight when I'm cooking dinner. I'll just think this over. So Brandon's <laughs> older than Brian Stelter. Um, and, and I'll try to reconcile that in my mind. Because in my mind, it's still the olden days. And you're still, well, I always be older than you. But you were like that fresh crop coming up, and I was yeah. just arriving a, just a, a hair ahead of you. And we were all just, we were so on fire for blogging and podcasting and doing cool things. And now I, know, I do feel a little tail. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's, uh, you, have, you have two articles I wanted to talk to you about today. First, um, there's this Hunter Biden laptop story, which unbelievably is still a thing because no one has actually fully opened an investigation and completed it and then presented some kind of report to Congress or no, no one's been charged. There's been a lot of allegations about everything that's going on there. And now apparently people at the FBI are getting let go. Yeah. Which is, uh, I mean, about time, but again, I, I want to make sure that the FBI understands if anyone ever listens to this, that just letting one guy go, is not going to, Safe. Not even close. Everyone's yeah. curiosity and concern. You know, it, this is this is a big deal. And and recently, it becomes even even bigger deal when you realize that there was a poll that released that said that you know upwards seventy something percent of people uh, would not have voted for Joe Biden if they had known about the Hunter Biden laptop story. Now, for those of you who don't know, like you know, the background of all this, um, the Hunter Biden laptop story when it first broke was super suppressed by social media, Twitter flat out uh, suspended or banned people from actually talking about it. Facebook um, suppressed it big time. It was still shareable, but chances are people weren't going to see it. And this was admitted to by Mark Zuckerberg himself to Joe Rogan on his show. Now, that's going to raise some questions. All right. The FBI, the reason that they did that, is because the FBI had come in and told them, hey, there's some Russian disinformation coming down the pipe. When it hits, make sure that you take appropriate action, which is what they did. Now, my question is, did the FBI know exactly what it was? Did they know it was a Hunter Biden laptop story? Uh, if they did know it was a Hunter Biden laptop story, why did they automatically flag it as Russian disinformation when they already knew that Hunter Biden lap his laptop had gone missing? Secondly, how often have the FBI been doing this? Who have they been talking to? What instructions do they give? What kind of stories have been suppressed because they continue to do this kind of thing? These are things we really, really, really need to know. And it seems that Republicans are demanding that Facebook now turn over any communications that they've had with the FBI which they should do. 
and, and action really should be taken immediately because what this really tells us is that the FBI has not just an enforcement arm of the Democrat Party as exhibited by the Mar-a-Lago raid, but that they're a propaganda arm as well. So it's kind of depressing because I always, like we've always respected the FBI and thought they were just amazing. Um, they had something, I think they still have it, something called the FBI Special Agent Tour where you can get, if you if you like basically email the right person, an FBI agent will meet you at the White House at the side gate over by mm-hmm. that wonderful hotel. And you can literally go in and they take you on the special tour. You get to go in a couple of hallways that the president travels down and there are pictures there that the president chooses himself. And you get to spend a little longer on the tour. And uh, it's pretty cool. And we've done it a few times. And sometimes the FBI agent would bring FBI hats and T-shirts for the kids. And, you know, they're like really cool. They're wearing them. And I'm thinking about the kind of mystique of the agent back then. And Mm -hmm. this is not that long ago, like maybe eight, ten years ago that we went on the last tour together as a family. And then now where everybody is openly vilifying them and these things, these hits, they just keep on coming, Brandon. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the FBI has proven to be a weaponized organization in favor of the Democrats. And it's scary to think that. I mean, there's some things happening here that, you know, we we threw around the term Banana Republic a while after the Mar-a-Lago raid. And it's actually an accurate description of what's going on. If a Justice Department has been utilized to come down on the American people or anybody who threatens the Democrat Party, then you have a government that is willing to punish you to stop you, to, to complicate your life strictly because you might be inconvenient. That's scary to think about. That's really scary to think about. And we need to make sure that we fix this problem pretty pronto. Because if we don't, if we don't start rooting it out right now, this is only going to get worse. And I'd hate to know what worse looks like. So Republicans are actually ask the, asking for the communications between Facebook and the FBI to be turned over so they can take a look at them. Uh, do we have a, any chance that they'll actually get their way? <laughs> Not at the moment. Uh, I think that a lot of that's going to be decided once this election happens. Um, I think that, you know, once we, once we actually have a majority in Congress, uh, in the House, and hopefully the Senate, this will be a lot easier to do. Because um, right now, Democrats aren't obviously going to look into Democrats. All right. Uh, they're not going to try to <laughs> put themselves in any political danger or any legal danger for that matter. So this is one of those times where it's just so important to get out and vote in this coming midterm election. And keep this all in mind, too, because in 2024, you're going to get called on again. And I got to tell you, <laughs> things are going to get much easier with a man in the White House who is very concerned himself about making sure that uh, the FBI, the CIA, the IRS, all of these agencies are brought to justice, cleaned out, restarted, if not collapsed. So that's that's a good rundown. Let's and and I love I love thinking about having a Republican back in the White House and especially President Trump. All they've done is ensure that he's going to be doing some serious house cleaning at the FBI when that happens. And that can only be a good thing. So let's talk now about a little bit of culture. Apparently, Netflix had a show called Resident Evil based off of the game. And mm-hmm. gamers hated it. Nobody loved it. And now they've canceled it. Yeah. 
And, you know, I say it's based off of Resident Evil, but, I mean, if anyone played the games, they know that this show is basically the writers and directors took the concept and made it their own. Um, and while, you know, they've done that with the movies, with the Mila Jovovich movies and stuff like that, uh, you'll notice that those weren't exactly wildly popular either. They have a cult following for sure, but it's not anything that I would consider like, you know, having a mainstream appeal, uh, especially to the fans, the gamers. Uh, what Netflix decided to do is what many companies have been deciding to do over time. They took a they took a franchise and they decided to add leftist sentiment to it, leftist modern modern sentiment to it. Um, it's a very very feminist show. It's weirdly written. You know, the, there can be no real good men in it. It's just kind of silly. Uh, watching it is silly. The, the story's disjointed. It's really weird. I keep getting messages from people telling me over and over again, I couldn't get to the first episode. And to be honest with you, I couldn't either. I had to go to YouTube and look at critics who actually did watch through the entire series, and they explain it to me because I couldn't sit and watch the cringe. I didn't have the patience for it. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, it's so bad that Rotten Tomatoes, if you look at the audience rating, it's sitting somewhere in the 20th percentile. It's not good. Uh, so they canceled it. Netflix canceled it after only a few weeks out on the market. I'm not surprised that they did that. And to be honest with you, uh, if I'm kind of looking at my, all the clues that I've got here, I'm willing to bet that it was going to be canceled regardless of what happened. Uh, I've noticed that Netflix, various companies are starting to do this, including Warner Brothers, which I'm really pleased about. Netflix seems to be taking a different direction now when it comes to their content. Uh, they went and they canceled a lot of their woke programming. Uh, they are starting to tell employees, namely the leftist ones that throw a temper tantrum every time something is released that they don't like. You know, if you don't like more content, then it's probably time for you to go. Um, I'm kind of starting to think they're trying to turn a corner here. Uh, and I'm willing to bet that Resident Evil wasn't going to survive anyway. Um, they noticed that woke content does not sell. You, you get woke, you go broke. That's just how it is. They happened with Cowboy Bebop, you know, their live action version of Cowboy Bebop. Uh, it got canceled after only three weeks. They noticed that it's not earning much. The return is bad, and also the press is bad. The audience reaction, worst of all, is bad. And that causes people to cancel Netflix subscriptions. So in order to turn things around, and Warner Brothers is doing the same thing, they're ditching a lot of old content and trying to restructure. So I didn't think that Resident Evil was going to survive anyway, but you know what? Good. An abomination like that has got to go. Well, I got to say, um, when you're describing their thought processes here, it sounds to me like they, number one, like making money, and number two, don't want to go the way of Blockbuster. And I saw those <laughs> comparisons about, you know, they were losing members and even our, she was then 18, she's now 19. She, I said, oh, the only person in the house who ha even has a subscription to Netflix is Maddie. And she said, Mom, I dumped them. They they keep they now they want to charge me twenty a month. I don't have that kind of budget. I'm in college. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I was like, sounds like they're going to go the way of Blockbuster. The kids were all just blank faced. I'm like, oh, I forgot. Blockbuster went away when you were so little that you don't even know what it is. <laughs> I know. Isn't that sad? Blockbuster was such a magical place too. It was. Man, we loved going there. The kids went there too. I don't know why they don't remember it. Yeah, like romping through that video store, that video store smell, you know, mm -hmm. the excitement of renting a new DVD. It was so great. And possibly or that I might buy candy with it. 
with the rentals. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. But yeah, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, it, you know, they're, I don't know, Netflix has been really struggling lately. A lot of the stuff that they had that would draw people has disappeared. You know, they had friends for a long time. Friends is gone. The Office, The Office is gone. You know, these, these shows that continue to pull people back to watch rerun after rerun after rerun have now gone off. And, you know, what is, um, what do they have now that's really doing well? Well, they got Stranger Things, and that's it. You know, um, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of other great shows on there. I'm, I'm addicted to The Last Kingdom. I think it's great. Um, you know, you've got The Witcher series. You've got Castlevania. But these aren't shows that continue to draw people back time and time and time again to watch the reruns, you know. Um, so, and, and it doesn't help whenever they're offering stuff that actively repels people. So they, they need to make sure that the stuff that they do put on there generates goodwill with the audience. You know, goodwill is going to get people more likely to stay and not unsubscribe. And with so many subscription services now coming out, it's getting just as bad as cable. You know, they're having to fight for it. Um, many people are starting to disappear and go to other places, Hulu, Paramount, Peacock, you know, all these places. Apple Plus. Yeah, Apple Plus. <laughs> I mean, exactly. it's, I couldn't even believe that that thing, I got a free subscription because I upped my my uh, my MacBook after, I don't want to say how many years. I, I, I used my other MacBook like it was an old Chevy until it basically the wheels fell off. And so <laughs> went to get a new one and they gave me three months of Apple Plus free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he there. got addicted to Ted Lasso. Well, you know how this is. I mean, <laughs> so I, I did. I, I went on to Apple Plus in the interface. I was like, okay, Apple. I forgot y'all were, you know, you were the original gorilla in the room. And now look at this. This It's it's yeah. very nice. It's very slick. Um, a lot of their content, for me, it has too much profanity in it. But mm-hmm. I know for a lot of people who don't have that, that little bit of a hang up, they're really, they're doing fine. And yeah. if they have a new show like Ted Lasso, you have to admit, this is a program that it breaks all of the rules. And it also is something we've not seen before. An American exactly. in Great Britain where soccer is king and mm-hmm. he's a, he comes out of the American football ethos and he's a country guy, like he's from the South, mm-hmm. totally breaks all of the, the molds. And I think yeah. it's fresh and it's, it's actually good. It's like people are desperate for that. That's what Top Gun showed us over the summer. Americans oh, yeah. will still go to the movies. Oh, yeah. It just can't Absolutely. be woke. <laughs> oh, yeah. No wokeness. Well, I mean, you know, if you, if you ditch the wokeness, this is, I mean, Top Gun's is just not the only example either you know you go through various shows and and ted lasso by the way has that rewatchability to it you know you if you watch an episode you will happily go back and rewatch it again at some point um just like the office just like you know friends uh how i met your mother that kind of stuff but i mean like you look at spider-man no way home you know and it's such a great movie there's not a drop of wokeness in it you know top gun not a drop of wokeness in it these these shows tend to succeed and keep people coming back to see them again. And and I'm thinking, you know, just even judging by Warner Brothers, which ditched a finished movie that's, that they spent $70 million to make, they ditched it. Batgirl, it's gone. They're not even going to put it anywhere. They're not even going to put it on HBO Max so you can stream it. It's gone. It's done. Um, you know, they're spending money to try to get away from this leftist woke culture that has infected much of our entertainment. They're even doing it to CNN. I mean, Brian Stelter's firing is just part, like it was the, it was the 
pebble that would start the avalanche. You had a whole bunch of HBO Max executives recently laid off by Warner Media, uh, and most of them were very woke. <laughs> like they they were complaining about it, and you know, oh, they're they're trying to court Middle America. Oh no, you know. You mean the people who sit down and watch television? Because a lot of the younger people, for all of that story I told earlier about my daughter, oh my gosh, she she doesn't watch TV. So she watches it if I say, we're going to watch, you know, Star Wars 6 or we're going to, you know, come down here. We're going to watch John Wick again. She'll come down. Yeah. And she'll watch it yeah. or she'll, you know, she'll be in, in uh, the dining room or the kitchen table getting ready to set up a D&D game with her friends virtually. And I'll say, oh, no, you haven't spent any time with us. And I'll whine a little bit. And so she'll come and she'll indulge us and, you know, watch a movie with us and crack jokes. And I mean, she remembers all of the lines of all of the movies she's ever seen. So she's just so witty and she's so fun to have during movies. And then, you know, when it's over, we'll talk for a few minutes and then she'll kind of look at me and I'm like, you you can go. You don't have to keep <laughs> you've, you've done your time with mom and dad and, and siblings. And she's like, OK, because we're going to play such and so and so, you know, she can stay up all night and still get up and go do stuff in the daytime. And so um, but she doesn't watch television, no live TV at all. And we were cord cutters during her childhood. So she's not grown up watching commercials and she really finds them really just idiotic and banal. And then. There's the issue of her being a reader, and so she doesn't think that a lot of the writing on television is any good in comparison to the books. So it takes a lot for her to sit down for a movie. She loved The Office. Um, I think she and my older daughter are Parks and Rec's buddies. Like They they still watch those episodes again and again and again. But for the other stuff, like just anything new, it really has to be great for her and her friends to give it a look. And so Netflix has to consider that. Like Not only can it not be woke, it actually has to be good to catch younger people's attention. And that's that should eventually reap benefits for all of us because mm-hmm. they're the, the eyeballs they actually want. And the rest of us are just like the side dishes on that plate. So we, we in order for us to get any action at all, they have to put something on television that's so good that the young ones will stop gaming to watch it. And so far, they're just striking out. Exactly. And not just that. You know, like right now, Gen Z is growing up at a time where, you know, they're watching... TikTok, you know, it's all these short bites. Everything is very quick and, and you know, you, it catches your attention. You only spend a little bit of time with it and you go. Even Snapchat, Snapchat is designed, which I noticed that Gen Z uses by and large to communicate with one another. Um, you know, it, it's just small bites of pictures or video and then done, you know. Um, everything is so fast. It's fast media nowadays. So, yeah, you got to be good. Uh, if you really want to sit down and capture Gen Z's attention, you've got to put up something that's that's worth watching. Uh, it's it's never been harder to please this audience. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not just necessarily woke content. It's it's good content, but woke content suffers from the problem of not being good content because it's message first television. If you try to put a political message before the story, if you try to, you know. Gear, gear an entire world toward just talking about how great feminism is or how everyone is racist but you and stuff like that, well, then, you know, you're not going to come up with a good story. That's just the way it always is. It's propaganda at that point. You know, you're, 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 you're just plain host of propaganda. You're not actually telling a story. So yeah. woke content fails because it is effectively just focusing on politics before telling a good tale. And no one's going to watch that. And not only that, but we already have such great outlets for politics, so we don't need it in our entertainment. And I think that's that's the point of all of this. And if they get it, 
then they're going to have great content coming out again because there's still a lot of talent in Hollywood. And now, you know, Atlanta and the other beachheads that have been established for the streaming giants, we still have talent in this country. Just leave the politics alone and especially the gender theory and all that stuff. We don't want to watch that stuff. And that's not going away. Correct. Correct. That's yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're humans and we're always going to like a good story. Ever since we were nomads, you know, that's how we passed down tales and, and knowledge with stories. Um, you know, a good story is always going to manage to capture people. It's how Jesus got his points across. You know, he wasn't always just sitting there telling you exactly what it is that he wanted you to understand. Bluntly, he would actually go into parables. He would tell you a story. And, mm-hmm. and you know, it might not have anything seemingly to do with what he's talking about, but then he'll connect the story and make you understand what he meant. You know, so we we learn really well through stories. And Andrew Breitbart a long time ago said, you know, politics is downstream of culture. You know, the stories capture the heart. And, and if you really want to capture a mind, you've got to capture a heart first. So I think it's important that, you know, we embrace the idea of storytelling as being a very great medium of teaching people what is good and what is bad. You know, the right way to do things, the wrong way to do things. Um, and you'll notice that there has been a big turnoff of people to these stories in Hollywood and stuff like that because they stopped telling good stories. Then now is the time to strike and tell our own. You know, I, I appreciate the Daily Wire for doing stuff like that. I think they're doing great. YouTubers everywhere are starting to get in on the game. You know, it's great stuff that's happening right now. It's an exciting time. It is. I, and I'm excited about it because when young, brilliant minds say, hmm, you're doing that badly. I think I'll do it. Boy, do we get some great stuff out of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know, right? When the, the current old ones, right, when they were younger, that was what Star Wars came out of. It came out of a younger guy who wasn't as experienced bringing a story. And I remember my mom and dad saying every single news outlet is panning this movie. It's going to bomb. And it was mm-hmm. a blockbuster. I mean, people could yeah. I, I remember people going and seeing it again and again and again. While it was still in the theater, they wanted to go see it again so they could catch, you know, something they thought they missed. And so it was a phenomenon from the very moment it hit the theaters. And that's why it's still a phenomenon, even though they're trying to make it woke too. no, you know, no strong men, only strong women, all that nonsense. These are not the archetypal stories that stir our heart. And when you said that, I love that quote. If you want to capture a mind, you have to capture a heart first. That is classic Brandon Morse. That's going in the show notes. Everybody. Find out more at redstate.com. Don't forget to hit the podcast up over there. I just, what I did was I went to redstate.com. I typed in Brandon Morse in the search and all of his stuff came up. Um, I put some links in the show notes for you to read uh, about the Hunter Biden story. And of course, the Resident Evil commentary. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know everyone's so busy, but it's always nice to catch up with friends. No, seriously, it's been a minute since we've talked and I'm so glad you called. Well, thank you. And we'll talk soon. Have a wonderful time. And um, secret congratulations to you, my friend. Oh, well, thank you very much. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll be back with more Stacey on the Right Show podcast on Family Vision Media. God bless and see you next time.